<laughs> so episode eight, actually it's episode nine of the Click for Culture podcast. How you doing, my man? I'm great. Yourself? I'm doing good. Um, this is a perfect follow up, actually. Okay. Uh, last episode we had your brother. Nice. For those who don't know, he's actually your twin. Yes. Uh, I want to welcome Marcus Troy to the Click for Culture podcast. How you doing, bro? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me, man. No doubt, man. I've been uh, looking forward to this for a little while now. Uh, like I told uh, Nazca, everything works in its time. 100%. Because uh, we had the chance to work together on uh, Donnie's project. Yeah. I got to see you guys uh, in your element. Sure. It's pretty dope. Thank you, man. And, and we've been seeing each other like over yeah. years, just like, hey, what's up? What's yeah. up? What's up? What's up? But I guess never really getting the opportunity to work together mm-hmm. or be on projects together. So yeah, mm-hmm. it was pretty cool. It's dope. Because yeah, like you said, um, it's been years. Uh, it pretty much started online. That's where I, I guess most people that didn't know you personally got to get to know you. Um, <clears throat> people outside of Montreal, yes. Mm-hmm. People in Montreal that discovered me, um, they didn't think I was from Montreal at first, actually. Like, this guy's not from Montreal. Okay. Because how how is he from Montreal and I don't know him, I don't see him, like, what's going on? But we were always just, like, busy working on the work. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, most people, I guess, discovered me online because i was an early adopter to the online space when people weren't even online like mm-hmm. that really yeah and uh, before we get into it we'll just you know slide into it was blogging the first thing you started doing online um yeah so like i think in 2004 mm-hmm. i think in 2004 a friend of mine wanted to start an online magazine okay and he was like hey um i'm starting this online magazine and um you know what should i call it and i would give him advice on what he should call it and what he should do and he kept asking me for advice and i was like dude forget this advice i'll just i'll just do it with you it'll okay. be easier than you having to keep asking me questions about it and um i'll join with you and then we'll you know take it global and i was like forget this local stuff like montreal's cool and all mm. but like i'm a global citizen and i want to do things globally and he was like okay cool bet and we started working online and we had this online magazine but it was a glorified blog but i don't think the term blogging was a thing what year was it 2004 2004 okay this is early um i don't think blogging was a thing and we call it an online magazine which also wasn't a thing and um this is before hypebeast this is before high sobriety and um then those guys came out with the blogging format which was like updating the site every day like Mm -hmm. 20 times a day Mm -hmm. and we were doing html code so we didn't have those capabilities it was much harder to update like they were updating every two seconds like new nike shoe new this new that and we were doing like a newsletter format we were doing a newsletter basically twitter before twitter yeah we were doing like a newsletter and we call it an online magazine which is like a glorified newsletter and um yeah man um so that was like what i that's the first thing I, i did online man like um I didn't. I didn't even want to be online. It wasn't. It wasn't. Cool. My my trajectory wasn't to be online. Uh, however, people started to gravitate to what I was saying, and I became an authority in the space of like sneaker culture and fashion, whatever have you. And people started being like, "Yo, I like what this guy's saying, and he's saying it differently, doing it differently," and it became like a thing to see what marcus was up to online and then in 2008 um me and my partner we split we had different ideas different directions Mm -hmm. and i started my own personal blog 
just as an extension of the things that I was liking and loving. Mm -hmm. And I realized how much power I had in the space of Montreal when I did a blog post. I had I had visited um, Edmonton. Okay. I went to Edmonton and I went to Vancouver, Calgary, a bunch of different places on, on the west coast of Canada. And there were all these cool stores there. They had all these cool brands, brands that I was into. Okay. Brands like Perks and Mini, um, brands like... Um, Red Wing brands like PRPS brands like uh, uh, not the Murakami but the other Japanese brand anyways a bunch of brands I was into okay. I found those brands in Edmonton and, Mon places. and Montreal was still carrying brands like Obey and LRG and those brands yeah, yeah, yeah. so I did a video post I'm like man Montreal has no dope stores <laughs> <laughs> that was like the, the, the title and I was like Montreal has no dope stores I'm like yo one day I'm gonna open a store with all the dope stuff I'm into and um, uh, like I'm in Edmonton in the middle of nowhere and I'm finding all of this fire stuff mm -hmm. I put that shit online and then next thing you know hell broke loose Revolve. all of the retailers like off the hook like all the distributors they got mad at me and they're like we've spent years building up montreal to be this place and you come here and you just you just shit on us i'm like first of all i never <laughs> said that montreal doesn't have any dope streetwear stores i didn't say it could have been i could have been talking about lingerie stores yeah, yeah i was just talking about the brands that i like mm -hmm. i can't find in montreal. in montreal if you are carrying lrg and obey that's on you mm. there's no there's no store carrying the stuff that I was into and if you take it personal that's on you and you didn't have Levi they weren't carrying Levi's I was wearing a lot of Levi's denim mm -hmm. I was wearing Red Wing Red Wing this is like 10 like a long time ago like Red Wing boots and, and, and Levi's before Red Wing was a thing before it was a thing like these are the kind of stuff I was into and I, I, I was just like like I was I wasn't I was, I was just into that, that I was very advanced when it came to like the, the trends and style and yeah. what I wanted and I'm like yo one day I'm gonna open a store with all these things in it mm -hmm. and um, that's when I knew that blogging was a thing because then I got the whole Montreal industry mad like people want to fight me like literally fight me yeah but then I realized I had the juice and um he <laughs> said I had the juice <laughs> ironically like a hundred years later, yeah. all these stores started carrying these same brands. Mm. So we were literally, in my opinion, like 10, 15 years late on what was happening. And then the argument was like, no one's going to buy a hundred and fifty dollar jeans in Montreal. Like, are you crazy? It's not being avant-garde though. It's not, but like, I mean, I was, dude, I was going to Toronto to a store called Uncle Otis and I was mm. buying PRPS jeans on sale for like they were like $500, but they had it for like 280 I was buying those because I'm like, yo, this is fresh. This is dope. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, I was into like Ralph Lauren Purple Label because Jay-Z was rapping about that mm -hmm. stuff. And I was just like, I was just always like into the trends. But that's when I realized that online and blogging was a thing because people cared what my opinion was. And it comes to it comes back to um, the podcast. We called it Clifford Culture. And the people that we have on, we kind of call them culture shifters. Okay. These are people that have like a direct impact on whatever culture or industry they're in. Sure. And that was pretty much it with you because when I think of it back back in probably 07, 08, there wasn't really anyone from here or around really doing what you were doing at the time. Right. 
and you kind of created like people spend their lives looking for what, what their purpose is and you kind of created your own lane at that point was it always like because i know your brother told me well it told us that fashion was always your thing yeah man from as long as i can remember fashion was always my thing and i always paid attention to i don't know man like brands and clothing and i knew everything about everything mm -hmm. and i also made a lot of um i don't say enemies but i made a lot of people not like me because they felt that i was too cool for school but i was very advanced so like brands from montreal for example that would send me products i wouldn't talk about them and mm -hmm. they would be like why are you hating like why aren't you because i was into like japanese culture like mm -hmm. i was so advanced you know what i mean and like and that's why today for example i'm so proud of the new regime guys mm -hmm. because they 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 stepped up their brand from what it was 10 years ago <laughs> to where it's today yeah. but back then like those guys they tried so hard to get me to pay attention to what mm -hmm. they were doing but like they were giving me like beanies and t-shirts but it was like it was like i don't know a gildan t-shirt printed yeah it was the on, beginnings yeah, yeah it was like the beginning of yeah, a brand yeah, i get yeah, it yeah but like if i'm wearing double rl from florin beanies yeah that i'm buying in london how i i can't really rock your brand and or promote your brand mm -hmm. as quality because my audience was like marcus what are you into mm -hmm. and i never wanted to lie to people and be like oh man they're but i always gave try to give my advice but people didn't people thought that i was um i was um like elitist or i was being a snob or i didn't care about it. i'm like my taste level what i was into is what i'm into yeah. you can't be mad at the guy who likes classical music and you're trying to pitch him like your new rap album mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense right so i was always like into like quality things so i was like okay double rl when it was made in the usa i was into red wing boots which was made in like minnesota yeah. like handmade Isn't by americans it? i thought it was detroit no, it's Minnesota. Minnesota. Okay, okay. Right? A Red Wing, it's actually Red Wing, Minnesota. And, um, you're right, you're right. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're um, right. I was into like, uh, like, like just brands that were doing things very like different. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like I went to, I did a collaboration with Ronnie Fegg and we went to like Dominican Republic and we made Sabago boat shoes. Mm -hmm. Like I was into all of these like different things and the brands that were just like printing on Gildan and like taking a regular beanie and embroidering a logo on it, they're like, we have a brand. I'm like, that's not a brand. Mm. And I think that people didn't understand where I was coming from. But now today, when I see New Regime with mm. like their cut and sold mm. and their campaigns and what they're doing, I'm like, yo, you guys have definitely elevated and, and you are where, I'm not saying I was expecting you to be there back then, but you are where my brain always was. Yeah. And as I evolved, I'm actually regressing in my fashion sense. Like I want to wear the same thing every day. I want to wear all black. My favorite pair of jeans are Gap, mm. Japanese Gap. Like I'm like I've done the all. I've done the Saint Laurent, the Raph Simmons. I've done it all. But that stuff's like whatever to me now. Like me, I'm about other things now. But I, 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 I was just I wanted to share with people the things that I was into, and mm -hmm. that's why it wasn't my it wasn't my calling. But I just wanted to put people on what i thought was dope and cool that's really what i wanted to do mm -hmm. i want people on what i thought was dope and cool and they should appreciate it as well and that's kind of what my my goal was you know what i'm saying so yes i was the i was one of the pioneers or first people in montreal to like i guess to be or in canada even to be like blogging and talking about stuff daily and i think by what we were doing we influenced a lot of other people to start their blogs and yeah. to get in this online space because representation matters there mm -hmm. weren't many black people doing 
what I was doing. Like, okay. they, they weren't any. So I was a beacon, I think, for a lot of people. Like, Sid the Kicks would tell you mm -hmm. that he got into the blogging space because of me. Um, William Yan from New York, like, he's Chinese, but he was like, I got into the blogging space as a Marcus. Um, a lot of people were influenced by what I was doing and saying, oh, man, it's possible for minorities to be able to out here and, and, and be talking their truth. And you know? who, are you, who are your influences? I didn't have any, bro, mm. because we were the early adopters. There was no one. There was the an influence of mine, to be honest with you, was Perez Hilton. Mm. Like Perez, so Perez Hilton was an influence in the respect that when Hypebeast came around and Heist the Body came around and Freshness Mag and all these guys, they were entities. They were like conglomerates. They were like you didn't know who they were as people. Uh, okay, okay. I saw Perez Hilton as a trend. I'm like, yo, this guy named it his namesake, Perez Hilton. Yeah. And that's when I got, it clicked to me. And I was reading this book about branding. And I was like, yo, I'm going to brand myself. I want to be known for my taste. I don't want to be the guy working at Complex telling you what's up. Mm. And then I leave Complex. I don't have a rep anymore. I want to build my name. So Perez Hilton was the only person that was like PerezHilton.com was where you went to go find gossip and you went to go see what celebrities are up to. So I was like, I'm going to be com where you can come and find about fashion. And that's kind of where, that's what influenced But there's no one else that had their namesake. And I remember specifically, William Yan was like, I'm starting a blog. What should I call it? I'm like, yo, call it WilliamYan.com. You mean? He's like, really? Like, yeah, call it your name, bro. Like, be you. Yeah. Don't just be a thing. Like, I'm telling you, for a very long time, uh, like, Kevin Ma who owns Hypebeast, mm -hmm. would come to Las Vegas. And I knew him because he's Canadian. And it would be like, yo, what up, Kevin? We'll talk, whatever. And I'm like, yo, let me introduce you to some people. And I'll bring him around. And I'll be like, this is Kevin from Hypebeast. And it, it, this is before Instagram, so you can see his faces. And it would be like, really? You own Hypebeast? And he didn't believe. And he didn't know his face. Like, he wasn't known. Like, yeah. he, had the, he had the biggest website on the face of the earth. He had Kanye rapping about it, Lupe rapping about it. Everyone's talking about Hypebeast, but they don't know who was behind Hypebeast. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that sucks, I guess. <laughs> and not because of ego, but just because, like, you tell somebody, yo, I own Hypebeast. Like, yeah, right. You work hard enough. And you work hard enough. People don't know yeah. you. So I would be introducing Kevin to, like, like this guy named Jason Jeter. He owns, um, uh, he had a brand called Shriver's Row. Mm -hmm. And he's partners with T.I. In, um, in the Grand Hustle record label. Okay. And Jason was a friend. And, um. He was like, man, I want to meet Kevin from Hypebeast. I'm like, yo, he's here at the show. Yo, introduce me to him. Like, he didn't even know what he looked like, you know what I'm saying? But he knew he had to meet the guy from Hypebeast, yeah. just, you know, for love. And I just, I remember that moment. I'm like, I'm like, see, this is why I want to build my own brand. So it would always be me. And no one could ever take that away from me. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And the other reason why I want to build my brand was when I was living in Toronto, I would go to this club, clubs, and the, one of the guys I was with, he would always tell the person at the, the bouncers yo I'm so and so from let's just say I'm so and so from Nike mm -hmm. and he would get into the club and he would always use that line and we would always get in and he'd be like yo if you want some Nike shoes whatever I'll take care of you <laughs> and then one day I said to him I'm like yo dude like what happens if we no longer work at Nike and he was like what do you mean I'm like then you can't use that juice anymore he was like I don't know what he said to me at the time but I really, I'm like yo I don't ever want to be that guy I never want to have a job that defines me where I can't maneuver i can only maneuver while i'm in that job you depend on the job to do whatever so my goal was to mm -hmm. build my name to be my name so no one can ever take it away from me mm. so no matter what i'm marcus troy and you can never be like 
aren't you Marcus Troy from so-and-so? <laughs> and that was one of my, 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 my goals, yeah. And speaking of also um, blogging and your own name and whatnot, there was this urban legend hmm. <laughs> that you were ghost blogging for yay. That was is, that true? That's that's an urban legend, man. No, that was that was rumors, man. Okay. That, that was rumors, man. That was all of you know where that came from. Um, no, it was rumors online, man. I mean, <laughs> I mean, listen. Um, so that leads me to another thing, right? Let's just say that was true. Yeah. Okay. The reason why I never ran with that mm -hmm. and used it as a platform. Of to, course not. If it's not true. No, but no. Some would have, yeah. Some people, yeah, dude. Yeah. Some people would run with that until the moon. That's true. But the another thing I was very conscious of at the time, which in retrospect I'm laughing about it now, was that I could have been the guy to keep like bringing it up and keep like, yo, look what's happening. Because like, listen, that rumor mm -hmm. uh, was in the Rolling Stones. It was in Double XL. It was MTV. It was in all the major platforms at the time. Like yeah. everyone was talking about it. And um, was in the Breakfast Club. At the, the, uh, we had a Hot 97. The reason why I didn't run with that is because, um, or even ever talk about it, was because I never also wanted to be associated with any other human being. Mm. Because makes sense what now. If, what if that human being decides <laughs> to support Donald Trump, <laughs> someone who is not cool, yeah. and then all of a sudden I'm attached to that person? Yeah. Nah. <laughs> like I really, I I, like, I know this sounds crazy, but it worked in my favor in retrospect. That I always want to be associated with myself mm. and my team. Mm. Okay, I never wanted to be known for the guy that's like, oh, you're so and so's man, mm. or you're you're Kanye's ghostwriter, or you're Jay Z's butler. Because if I didn't, if I was always that, and Jay Z decides to kidnap Beyonce. <laughs> and and beat her up, or I'm Chris Brown's man, and he beats up Rihanna, yeah. or Kanye West decides to say Donald Trump's the best guy in the world. Mm -hmm. Then I'm looking stupid. I never wanted anyone else to me look stupid. I want to be look. I want to look stupid on my own mistakes. Mm -hmm. So if tomorrow I see some crazy stuff, that I'm responsible. Not like yo, what's up with your man? Your man was just out here doing craziness. You your know what I'm saying? Looking like, wild out like, here. Like, in like, these a, like imagine, imagine Chris Brown's friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what they had to say to people, their friends and family after <laughs> their man beat up Rihanna. Yeah. You mean? Imagine you're Kanye's boy, mm -hmm. and then you got to defend all that, or you're um, uh, ASAP Barry's boy, and then he's having rape allegations, or Ian Connor, and then you have to be like, like it's just, it's just crazy. Like I always to me. wonder how like Don C and them and jasper or whatnot how do they feel about this whole kanye thing dude they're probably not happy but again they're so tied to his brand yeah that and and listen don c is uh an encyclopedia of basketball knowledge mm -hmm. okay whatever he's doing right now with like mitchell and ness and converse and all these brands good for him but the the, one of the main reasons why he got those opportunities was because his proximity to Kanye. Mm -hmm. And because anybody who was in the proximity of Kanye was got the opportunity to shine. Mm -hmm. You're talking about Virgil, Virgil Abloh. You're talking about Lorenzo, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Jerry Lorenzo from Fear of God. You're talking about Don C. You're talking about um, the dude that has a brand called the white guy, Matthew. I um, forget his name. He has a brand called... Um, 
uh, it's called A-Links or Links. Anyways, uh, uh, no, it's called Axel, okay. I believe it's called. Um, you have all these guys, um, whether it be um, uh, Denim Tears and all these guys and Heron Preston, mm -hmm. they all got major looks because of their association with arguably the best hip-hop fashion style icon of our, icon, our generation. Yeah. Now, if your proximity to the man allows you to eat and live, you can't say nothing, bro. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, it's harder for you to come out and be like, like John Legend could be like, yo, Kanye, you're crazy. <laughs> Why? Because John Legend built his own brand yeah. where he is signed to his label, but he's also John, John Legend, Legend. And he uh, has uh, Christy Teigen as his wife mm. and he on his own merit can host the Oscars and play this and he has his own like famous celebrity brand mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying um, Don C was Kanye's role manager for a really long time and um, just like handling his role manager business and, and whatnot, and and doing whatever like, not doing whatever Kanye says but like working with Kanye and making sure the Kanye brand was strong and then through that affiliation he started doing the hats the Just Don hats, and then that was dope. It led to him doing the Mitchell and S, and then it leads to him doing, like, Nike mm, and then Converse and blah, 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 blah. Now he's building his own entity, and he gets to do his own thing. And him and Kanye weren't working like that for a very long time. Now and you just, can think Don C and not think Kanye. Now you can, but, like, if Kanye comes out and be like, yo, Kanye, you're tripping. Mm -hmm. Remember, Don C was there for the internship of Kanye when Kanye was starting his brand. And he, and when 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 Kanye was at Nike, like Don C, Ivy and Jasper, like mm -hmm. when they were getting the Yeezys, the they they were all part of that 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 world. So for these guys to come on now and be like, yo, Kanye, you're tripping, I think that like people are gonna be like, You're disloyal, he put you on. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so much there's so much baggage to this themselves. But I don't know what their political views are. Maybe, maybe, maybe they, they're down with what Kanye's down with. I don't mm -hmm. know. And maybe they're not, but I don't think they're gonna they're gonna voice it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because then if you voice it then you look crazy because sure. it you look like you're not loyal to the guy who put you on. You know sure. what I'm saying? So for me, I was always very conscious of that. I'm like, listen man, like my father always told me, you know, if you don't have money don't go to the store. So if your friends are in there stealing and um, they can't with you, you can be like, yo, I can buy whatever I want because you have the money. You know what I'm saying? So I learned it from an early age, like not to go into the store if you don't have no money. And also don't go to jail or get in trouble for someone else's crime. Yeah. So don't be that idiot that's like, I'm just following. Oh, you killed five people? Oh man, I'm an accessory. <laughs> like if you want to go to jail, go to jail because- On Your own merit. Your own merit. <laughs> yeah. And I, I use that principle as building my own brand. And don't get me wrong, throughout the years, you know, I've, I've associated myself with, like, some NBA players and some people who were doing certain things. Um, but people I believed in, people I felt were were stand-up guys, people like I... But I've always tried to maintain my own brand, so I stand for myself. Okay. And as you... So as you're building your brand and you're going through the blogging and whatnot, you start becoming what we now call an influencer, right? Sure. I mean, what what do you call yourself actually? What would you what would you define yourself as? Um, if you would say Marcus Shaw is a professional, what? I wouldn't say I would. I, I mean, it's very hard to find myself, yeah. and I, I would like to say that I I am more than. And what I mean by that is that I'm not defined by any one thing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm an entrepreneur. Okay. I'm a dreamer. I'm a thinker. 
I'm a, I, I, I'm not defined by any one thing. Like blogging, I'm, I'm not a blogger. I'm not an influencer. Mm-hmm. I use blogging simply as a platform to help share my propaganda. Mm-hmm. I use, uh, I mean, being an influencer is the cool, cool buzzword. Yeah. I, I don't like that word influencer, but uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm an influencer, but yes, I do influence people, but we all influence people. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to say I'm an impactor, you know, not an influencer, but um, yeah, now influence is a new thing. But listen, man, what I'll, I will wear whatever hat people need me to wear. I'm a consultant for some. I'm a creative for others. I'm a blogger for some. I'm a personality for others. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I've been in commercials. I've done like I've done speaking engagements. You know what I mean? Like I want to be an author. Like I, I, we are part of a generation of people that we can we can be so many things, mm-hmm. and we don't have to be defined. And I think that people that are struggling to define themselves because their parents want them to have a specific job or want them to know who you are, I think that you can go beyond that in today's generation. You know what I mean? Like, um, sidebar, uh, a girl came here today that we're interviewing for um, to be one of our barbers mm-hmm. in our in our newly um, uh, made barber shop. And plug. she, it's a plug, <laughs> yeah. And she, um, it's called Mr. Choice. Um, she she was telling us a story how she's also, she's also a photographer. Mm-hmm. And then she went to this wedding um, in the Bahamas and this dude had a messed up hairline and she, it was bothering her. She was like, man, your hairline's messed up. <laughs> and then she got comfortable with the guy and she was like, yo, like who cut your hair? He's like, oh man, the guy messed me up, blah, 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 blah. Then she was like, man, like I, I need to fix that. Does anyone have clippers? And somebody had like a, like a something, something. Yeah. And she used it and she, and she was the wedding photographer and she shaped the guy up. And he was like, yo, I thought you were the photographer. <laughs> and I smiled because that's who we are today. Mm-hmm. We don't have to just be the photographer. Mm-hmm. We could be the photographer. We could be the barber. We could be the creative director. And we like look at Virgil. Best like example. Virgil is a DJ. He's a creative director for Louis Vuitton. He's he designs his own product. He does speaking engagements. Like he's he's doing whatever he feels like. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we should define ourselves as. You know what I mean? I agree. Yeah. And how do you get? How did you get companies to see the value in you when they started? I guess investing in. In my brand, in what your I brand, do. Um, I don't know how I got companies to, to see the value. Um, I have absolutely no idea, but I'll tell you that what I made sure is that I had a point of view. Mm-hmm. Having a point of view is something that people take for granted. You know, I was always someone who looked at things a little differently and if you know me in real life you might look at something and i might give you a different perspective and point of view is super important because people can see points of views if they see that you're a sheep you're just following what everyone else is doing then there's nothing special about you Mm. so brands comprise of human beings who work at these brands and brand people are always looking for a new entry point to a market. They're trying to exploit um, scenarios. They're trying to um, be a part of different movements. And I feel that these people at some of these brands were smart enough to recognize what I was doing was different and unique. 
it wasn't the same thing. And just to put it in perspective, some of the brands I worked with five, 10 years ago mm-hmm. that I don't work with anymore are now today working with a lot of the carbon copies of the blueprint that I started. I was getting, I was gonna get there. Right? Yeah. And they're working with them because the market has become so saturated and people have become so, brands themselves have become so desperate just to play in any space. So let's say if you're a sneaker brand and you're like, man, we need sneaker eyeballs. Okay, who's working in sneakers? And they'll just be like, okay, you're in. And back in the day, it was more discerning. It was Mm -hmm. like, we're going to work with these five people because these five people are the voice of the generation Mm -hmm. and they're the experts. Now it's like, oh, you guys all do sneakers? Okay, here you go. You know what I'm saying? Let me read this. Has Instagram saturated the game or the industry? Wow. That was my next question. Well, yeah. um, Well, yeah. It's, uh, it, 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 it has, and it's made people be able to fake what was once authentic. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, when running was the cool thing and people knew that they can get free shoes running, everyone became a runner. And guess what? Everyone's showing you on their Instagram how fast and how much kilometers they're running. Mm. And guess what? Brands were like, here's sneakers. Nike was like, here's sneakers, you runners. Adidas was like, here's sneakers. Asics, here's sneakers. And now that running is no longer on their radar. Everyone had a running crew. Everyone was doing running crews. And now that running is no longer on some of these brands' radars, mm-hmm. it's like, what's the next hustle? You know what I mean? Mm. Is it DJing? Okay, I'm a DJ now. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, man, the game the game has changed. And, and, and honestly, like, I don't work with a lot of these brands anymore in that capacity. And I'm okay with it because mm. I'm not, I'm, I'm, no, I'm no longer, like, I'm not part of that conversation. Like, we're out here opening up brick and mortar businesses. You know, we're out here doing conferences. We're out here uh, trying to shape and shift culture for real mm-hmm. and not just be part of a moment where you're just part of a trend or you're part of what society deems cool in the moment you know what I mean like we're really trying to inspire people mm-hmm. and um and yeah so yeah i think instagram and social media has just made it where everyone can get it. You know what I mean? Like I'm looking at people doing unboxings of like, look what's in the mail. You know what I mean? I'm seeing I'm looking at people right now buying product yeah. from brand like buying from retailers and then thanking unboxing them. And thanking these retailers like they gave it to them. It's you funny mean? you mentioned that my daughter for some odd reason she's eight. And she has these two kids from France and all they do is unboxing. And then one day I just look on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I just look at it as, why don't you find something you want to do yourself instead of just watching people do stuff on YouTube? Sure. And that's, we're pretty much working, sit down and developing something. But, but, but I think but, but, people do too much of that. Just watching people do stuff and it creates this thing that people think you're actually doing something interesting. Sure. And then guess what? Um, then, then they decide to be like, I want to do that. And instead of finding their point of view mm-hmm. and their uniqueness, they jump in the same game. And like, like, like in the women's space, it's like makeup tutorials. Like every girl's trying to do makeup. Yeah. But my question is, what makes your makeup better than this person's makeup? Mm-hmm. I don't know the difference, to be honest. But every girl's doing makeup videos, and every makeup brand is sending these people makeup products. Mm. And you're just kind of like, like, who do I listen to? Like, who's doing it? That's why I don't do unboxings anymore. 
the boxes show up they end up in my office and they're there and maybe the brands are upset like why aren't you on instagram i'm like i'm not into that anymore man yeah, like yeah. like i did it i did that literally in 2004 2004 mm. i was friends with ups and fedex drivers because <laughs> they, they were delivering me boxes every, every day, day and i was opening up boxes online like this is before youtube and all that stuff was cool mm -hmm. i was doing unboxings in this really genuine way like yo what's in the mail and now everyone's like yo shout out to this shout out to that look what i got look what i got it's not special anymore yeah. like it's like what makes what makes it special like 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 today nike just sort of revealed um the new basketball uh, adapt sneaker that's self-lacing yeah and they invited a bunch of people to wherever part of the world to work out train and to like sample these sneakers mm -hmm. i've been to so many of those i don't get invited to them anymore <laughs> right but i'm watching online of people like you go to the locker your name's in the locker all this dope nike gear you get the shoes you put them on you train for like an hour or two yeah. and then you then you write a great story about it because you're like yo like look at nike gave me all this this cool stuff mm -hmm. and you know i've done so many of those and i don't want to sound like the old guys like i'm jaded but it's just like it's like that needs to be revamped you yeah know that's like, like you that, want a new way of doing it there, like i mean i have ideas but there, there needs to be a new way of, because nike's been doing that you know what i'm saying and i get it to test people like if nike did that and told everybody do not share this on instagram just enjoy the experience experience that would be so much better because you know you know what you know what that used to do when i used to do it it used to make the people at home feel jealous and be like, oh man, how can he's doing that? This is what the life is like. I want to do it. Then everyone jumps in this game, and now they're in the game. Like, oh, I'm getting free sneakers too. And it just, it just like, it's funny, man. This guy named Paul Labonte mm -hmm. uh, from Montreal. He told me a long time ago. He was like, and I, I guess I didn't understand what he was telling me at the time. And my father kind of told me the same thing. He's like, whenever you do an unboxing and you're showing people um, these shoes you're getting in the mail, you, you're actually messing up the system i'm like what do you mean he's like because you're getting it for free you're telling people what you got in the mail and now instead you're creating someone who's like how come he got it for free i'm better than that guy i know more than that guy why aren't i getting it for free i'm not buying that i'm not even gonna buy that shoe so it's it creates like this reverse effect where it's like if he's not paying for it why should i pay for it you know what i'm saying <laughs> so the consumer now wants to be the influencer because they're like wait a minute if you're jay-z okay i understand why you're getting it for free you're flying private you're married to beyonce you're selling out madison square garden mm -hmm. but now this guy who looks like me who i see every day who i can see every day yeah. is getting it for free what makes him better than me and now you start creating fomo the fear of missing out you start creating this resentment and i'm telling you paul told me this about 2007 2008 i guess he thought it was really cool i was doing my dad's like yo man stop showing off i'm like yo dad i'm not showing off man I'm working my, here my, my, my audience likes this whatever he's like man but paul kind of broke and, and he's like yo you need to figure out a way to create better value for the brands and i'm like okay but i didn't get what he was trying to tell me at the time but i realize it now you know what i'm saying like when a brand drops something new and you open your instagram and you see 15 people you follow with the same it's yep. not special anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? By the I, third person, you're like, okay. I remember when the Yeezys came out, the Yeezy with Nike, mm -hmm. and there were literally four people in the world who had them. 
It was Kanye had put them on, on his blog. Don C had them. IB and Jasper and I had them. Mm. Okay. They had they, they, they weren't even released yet. So I remember when I got the box, I opened the box, I put the picture up of me having them. And that actually reunited the rumors. Yeah. Like we told you Marcus is his ghost blogger. He has the only four people in the world has the shoes. And I remember it made press again. Complex Magazine did a whole post on it, like why we know Marcus was a ghost blogger because no one has the <laughs> shoes except him. And I remember that was like a moment because back in the day, if you got shoes early, which I was getting shoes mad early, that was a thing. It was a thing. Yeah. But then the brands got hip to the organic marketing and hype of things, and they're like, push the button. Okay, dispatch these 400 shoes out to the public. And then now, everyone gets them. You mm. know when a brand's launching a shoe. Mm -hmm. Because everyone in your timeline has them. And it's not special. Yeah. When Virgil was coming out with his off-whites, he, he showed a picture of all the people who were getting them. I don't remember that picture. Yeah, it, yeah. it was a picture with all the sizes yep. and all the celebrities. And you were like, damn. And then everyone that was cool got the got shoes him. early. You mean? Yeah. It made some people jealous, made some people mad. Some people that got there were just like, yo, I'm on the list. And now being on the list is like a thing. You know what I'm saying? And like, I don't know. I feel like it's taking the fun out of it. Is that when you decided to make a shift towards this? Espace Gris? Yeah. Like for, for us, we, we, we were always constantly not being like um, disgruntled and be like, yo, screw everybody. Let's do this to be different. No, man, we were always just progressive. You know what I mean? We were always just like, like, okay, cool. We're like, we're, we're, we're progressing. Like, what would I look like today, a hundred years later, being like, what's in the mail, guys? <laughs> oh, look, <laughs> Nikes. Like, to me, like, just like, if you looked at me, be like, yo, man, you're tired, bro. You've been doing that. Mm -hmm. I would agree with you. Like, that's not what I'm doing. Like, like I shouldn't be doing that. You know what I mean? I, I shouldn't be doing that. And even though the brands might expect that, I would like, I'd want to integrate it maybe a different way. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, like, I don't know. Like, I haven't thought of what that looks like yet, but I don't want, I don't want to, to me, that's different. So, Espas Gris, Monsieur Troy's, Joseph Living, like all these different things that we do and that we we work on, it's just part of the growth. If these walls can talk, like it's just part of our our, our the things that we're into. We're into art and galleries. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean we're into conferences and events. We're into producing and, and and creating. It's just part of the growth, man. It's just part of us just wanting to do things um, our way and and to roll with the times it's not a conscious decision of like let's buck the system it's more like let's just do what we love and mm -hmm. not worry about the competition a friend of mine named alexander troy industry friend of mine he said to me the other day the model of his company is we don't compete we create and i was like that's magical because that's how I feel. Like, we're not competing with anyone. Mm -hmm. We're just creating, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're not here to be like, oh, man, what's the competition doing? Nah, man. We're trying to give you experiences that are from us. That are not... And because they're from us, and because we have a different point of view, and we have a different perspective, 
it's not gonna come out and look like what you're used to mm-hmm. and do you feel like once you started this this space or whatnot do you feel like it's like uh it's like a homecoming of some sort because i personally i feel like you're a lot more i mean again that's from the outside looking in sure i feel like you're a lot more grounded here than you used to be oh for sure like this is home and we've built this place to be like a community sort of to like have other creatives come through and be part of the process and also rent the space out mm-hmm. and see what other creatives are working on in the city. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of people wouldn't spend the money or invest, invest, I don't think it's an investment, but no, people wouldn't spend the money to have a place like this where people can come through, do podcasts, rent the studio, shoot stuff. They wouldn't, they just wouldn't do it. Like mm. it's not, it's not, a money maker, you know what I'm saying? Um, but we need the space to be able to do what we need to do as creatives. And um, yeah, we're more grounded because we're always here working, man. Okay. We're always here working, just working on the work. You know what I mean? Like when Drake says the line, uh, I make all the music that you're out partying to or something, mm-hmm. like that's the metaphor, man. Like while you're partying to all this music that you love, I'm in a studio making it so you can party to it. I'm mm. not partying with you. If I was partying with you, then there'd be no music. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I think that's what it comes down to. Like if we were if we were out on the streets with everybody doing everything what everyone's doing, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be able to work and bring people experiences that we want to bring to the world. You know what I mean? And how is imp- how important it is is it to um to allow others to, to be able to create within this space or to have this space uh, not necessarily like available to everyone but like for it to be like let's say i need a, a space to, to rent to, to come do whatever how important is that to, to, to have it because you're you guys are open to people you're not just no not we're select people no we're, we're we're super open yeah. um it's it's important because dude th- there was nothing like this when we were coming up in the game mm. i mean there was nothing like there was nothing like this there was, there was no place that like there was no incubator like this like there just wasn't like just wasn't and still today there aren't many Mm -hmm. and everyone that has anything close to this are not opening their doors you Mm -hmm. know what i'm saying like like you know us having the space we were able to work on the donnie show like i mean like i didn't know donnie five years ago Mm -hmm. but um she's super dope and i'm happy that she's in our lives today she's gonna and, be happy and um you mentioned her. no but it's true like <laughs> you know what I mean but like i'm happy she's in our lives today because yeah. she brings so much good energy and positive vibes to what we do and we we get to help her do her thing um uh meeting guys like you mm-hmm. uh, again in a in a more uh stable capacity um just like man like where's the creative hub like if if i'm a, if i'm a creative and i'm like yo man um I want to go shoot some pictures, do some video, or I want to be around guys who are creative. Like, where do you go for that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's true. You know I mean, if, if, in, if in Toronto, OVO is the uh, creative team that are killing it, they're working with the Raptors, they have their own brand, Drake, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Can you just roll into an OVO space and break bread with those guys? Probably not. Probably not. You know what I mean? Can you just go and just like be around creatives that you admire who are doing cool things and still be able to have a conversation with them and 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 get them on your podcast or probably not like like there's no one not no one people's models are different you mean we're not just saying that we're creatives for the creatives we're actually 
doing it mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying um we're here you know what i'm saying like we're here like we've opened our doors a lot of different people didn't always work out some people are just are have self-interest some people are only out for themselves some people only want to do what they want to do some people are intimidated by intimidated by what we do some people are jealous of what we do but we're open mm-hmm. and uh we we never had like man we never my brother has a, an incubator for young photographers that every season he teaches them how to do photography and then he does a gallery he did a gallery with them like teaching like inner city kids how to pick up a camera and shoot stuff like where is where there, there was not that for us you know I mean i can go be like yo man uh so and so you're killing it in the space can i come learn from you, you know what I mean mm. Dude, no man i remember a while back i think it was on twitter you said whenever someone asks you about how you do something you always give them the tip or you always tell them how that way it pushes you to keep creating and not be stuck in that space i don't know if you remember that i don't remember i don't remember i mean th- something I mean, like I, that. i mean tweeting a lot of a lot of stuff but um <laughs> yes but I, I i do agree like we like like you know how people like people come up with stuff and then people be like yo how'd you do that and they won't tell them sure yeah that tweet was oh, about oh yeah for sure yeah. because yes because like for example like you know i'm west indian and, and growing up like if you had a recipe mm-hmm. for a certain <laughs> something you'd be like what is that i'm not telling you yeah, yeah, yeah. people want to take all their ideas to the grave because they don't want you to <laughs> do it you know I mean like my barber would even tell you what cloney wears like he wouldn't even tell you because he doesn't want you to smell like him he'd be like i don't want you to smell like me i'm like bro i'm just curious to what smells so good i'm not gonna buy it but let's just say for a second i did smell like you and I don't live with you. We don't live I in see the, you once every I see, week. I see you once every week. We're not of the same friends. We don't hang out in the same places. What's the problem? You know what I'm saying? And um, within our community, like it's every like that. Like we're always about like I'm not gonna give you the sauce. Yeah. I'm not gonna teach you my. I'm not gonna teach you the jig. I'm not gonna teach you how to get it because then you're gonna get it. But there's enough for everybody. Mm. If you and, and you know it's funny. I I was talking with um this girl from Shopify. Uh. She's an executive of Shopify, and she sold a company to Shopify. Her husband sold a company to Shopify, and you know we're having a conversation about transparency. And she was telling me that all, mostly all successful people are transparent <laughs> because they know that the secret is not in how they did it; is really. Like if I gave you the blueprint how to be me, ninety mm-hmm. percent of people wouldn't do what it takes to be me. Make another hove, hundred <laughs> percent. You mean they wouldn't do it? They don't even have the bandwidth to do yeah. it. They wouldn't even attempt to do it. It's like Mark Zuckerberg be like, "Hey, bro, this is how I built Facebook." You'd be like, "Oh, great, thanks for the advice, bro." And then you would go home and just watch Netflix. Yeah, it's <clears> true. So she's like, "They're all transparent," and it's true. Every time I met a tech person. Or somebody who was getting it, they didn't mind sharing it because they're like, "Whatever, bro." They didn't mind. Mm-hmm. You mean I can get Wendy's, whoever I don't know, McDonald's can give me the secret sauce to their Big Mac. What am I gonna do? Open my own chain? <laughs> spend a hundred million dollars opening a million restaurants just to compete with them? And have I have the McDowell's. sauce? McDowell's, McDowell's. <laughs> like, how does that work? Like, there's no reason to keep secrets. Mm. In this space that we're in, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And my brother and I have been advocates of sharing. You ask my brother right now, how did you like this picture? He will tell you A to Z. Mm. How did you? He will tell you. He has no shame in telling you. Why? Because we're going to be transparent. There's no one that's giving out the blueprint because they 
are afraid that if you get the blueprint that you're going to take away money from them and man then go re listen i start I, I started this thing back in the day called kicks on the plane okay it was like when you were traveling yeah you were going to um you share your sneakers i don't know it was stupid <clears throat> but it was cool oh it caught on it caught on and uh i built an app i spent tens of thousand dollars to build this app mm -hmm. no market research i build it <laughs> and then one day on twitter this girl hits me up and she was like yo i'm doing the same thing i'm like what is it it's heels on the plane i'm like so you're just gonna run with my idea and do it yo you don't own you don't you don't own the plane you don't and she's like we start battling back and forth yeah, yeah. you know never forget this heels on the plane am i a cool bet the girl never did it bro I never sued her. I never sent her a letter of cease and desist. Mm. I was just like, you want to buy my idea and just run with heels on the plane? Like, like okay. Like, you know what I mean? But she never did it because the power is in the execution. Yeah. It's not in the idea. You know what I mean? I can tell you right now, listen, bro, this is how you get $10 million. And you might never do it. So I'm not worried. You, mm. you get what I'm saying? So, yeah, I think uh, I wish there was um, people when we were coming up that we can go sit down with and get the game from yeah you know what I mean and be like okay thank you for the game you know what I'm saying but we didn't really I mean even it, it wasn't part of our community really like in a in a creative in the creative community we weren't really part of the creative community when sure. our parents came through here no no we, we, we weren't but everyone who kind of like got out or saw some success never wanted to share the recipe mm. you know what I'm saying and um and also People don't want to listen. You know what I'm saying? Like people don't want to listen. I remember sitting down with fashion guys and brands and telling them what they can do to improve, and they thought I was a hater. You know what I mean? <laughs> my my brother and I would go to barber shops and rappers would come through, and they'll play their music. And our father used to be in music, and we listened to a lot of music. And you know, when Drake, when I heard Drake's first 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 mixtape like 2005 ish, mm -hmm. I was like, this guy's gonna be a star. And I want to manage him. And me and my partner at the time were like, yo, let's find him to manage him. It didn't work out. And we booked him for his first show in Montreal. And he never showed up. Whoa. Drake, yeah. When I first heard Azealia Banks, I was like, this person is going to be a star. Because we had like an air for like what was different. Mm -hmm. And um, we would go to these rappers, man, in barbershops. They will play their music and be like, nah, that ain't chief. Like this, the... And they would leave their upset with us and call us haters. And a hundred years later, these guys are still nowhere to be found. You mean they're yeah, nowhere yeah. to be on the radar? And not that I'm right. Yeah. It's just that, like, dude, I'm giving you universal perspective. I'm not giving you Montreal local guy perspective. I'm giving you. I've been in studios with legitimate rappers. I've been to different parts of the world. I've been around other people who are into music. Mm -hmm. I've been listening. I've been paying attention. My followers into music. Like I'm giving. I'm coming from a place of knowledge. But if you are like you're a hater, okay, cool. If you're doing fashion brands, I'm like, yo, bro, like you're 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 taking American Apparel stuff and printing on it, and what you're doing is not that fire right now. And you're like, yo, you're a hater. I'll show you. Then cool, man. Don't take the advice. So two problems is people don't want to share the sauce and then we don't want to take the advice. You mean? So that's where you stay stuck. And back to another point you made earlier about fashion. How come you never, um, well, have you ever had a shop? A retail store? Yeah. No. Not even online? Online, yes. I've done I've done projects okay. um, uh, under the namesake of Armoire 
and you know, oh, I, true, I sold true. out my hats. I sold all these T-shirts, true. but it's not a clothing brand. It was more of an ideas brand mm-hmm. of ideas I want to put together onto the world. Um, and I, I want to start my own brand, um, but to start a brand, bro, it cost to start two hundred grand, bro. Like start some property, pe- yeah. people feel that oh, I'm just gonna start with like a thousand bucks, buy some T-shirts, print some shit. That yeah. doesn't work anymore. <laughs> doesn't work. This never, it never really worked. <laughs> well, it. You know, I'll, I'll say this. You can start that way, but again, back to the point you were making. Are yeah. you gonna keep going and developing and evolving to something else? Yes, yeah, like you, like yes, like it's like it's it's a slow hustle. You could start that way, but I'm saying is that it costs real money. Yeah, you know what I'm saying definitely, especially in today, like you're competing with like every brand. And every time I go to a trade show mm-hmm. and I see the 10 million brands that are there. I'm like, I don't want to start a brand. <laughs> like, I'm competing with Double RL. I'm competing yeah. with, I'm competing with all the great brands that exist right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at brands like Black Scale that, at once upon a time, were hot and killing it. No one talks about Black mm-hmm. Scale anymore. Why do you think that is? Because, bro, man, like, people's they, their tendencies change. You know what I mean, like, everything changes so quickly, and to keep sustaining that, like, now. People like everyday people, they want Gucci and Chanel and Prada. That's what everyday people want. So how does a uh, Ralph Ralph Lauren survive? Even even if they've been because he's been around for fifty years, 50, 60 years. Yeah, that's why. Okay. Because Ralph Lauren was always aspirational. Black skin wasn't aspirational. It was streetwear. Crooks and Castles they had a huge run. Everyone was wearing it. Everyone wanted it. But like, if right now I put an off white sweater on the table and a Crooks and Castles, you're going with off white. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it's luxury. It's more expensive. You mean it's in better stores. It's worn by cooler people. And the Crooks and Castle guys, they have mad taste. They've been around. They used to work for Echo. They've been around the block. They know how garments work. They do. They know all of that. Ten deep, all these brands. But like, there's always a shift in people's tendencies. You know, like once upon a time, guys were wearing polo, Nautica, Helly Hansen. Like it was like sportswear brands that were like aspirational. Then it was Fubu, Echo. Academics, Mecca, sorry, Mecca, Academics, um, RP55, Triple Five Soul, like urban brands. And then Snoop Dogg was like, oh, I have a brand called Snoop Dogg. Then it was Outcast. All these guys had their own like urban brands. Yeah, and, flooded and, 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 and flooded flooded the game. <laughs> yeah. And then it was like, okay, better brands. So then it's like the PRPS. And then it was like, um, I don't know, maybe Burberry. And then guys sort of wearing like like button-ups and jerseys and, and whatnot. And then uh, it was Iceberg and, and, and Kuji. And and then when that all died out, then it was streetwear. It was like Supreme, Crooks and Castles, LRG, Obey. Like, remember, LRG had like Just Blaze, yeah, Kanye, yeah, yeah, yeah. all those guys. And those guys, like, that was like street urban-ish, whatever. Or Backpack. And, and Backpack, whatever. And and then, and then what happened? Like, there seemed to be like a break in the game. All the urban brands died off. The Fat Farms, all the guys died off. Mm-hmm. And then what were people wearing? Then it became like, oh, I'm wearing designer. So then now, though, everyone is wearing, what are they wearing? Off-White. Supreme. Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Fendi, Prada. And this is just like people that want, like, this is everyday clothes. Everyday people. You mean? And if you can't afford that, like, what brands are we wearing? Like, yeah, you have your people wearing Abercrombie and Aeropostale, but like, uh, from a, like, Blackstale, Blackscale, Crooks and Castles, 
the two last remaining, I guess, pillars in streetwear, like the hundreds, like those guys, like they lost their flair because people wanted like luxury, I think. People wanted luxury items, you know what I'm saying? So then now you're like, oh, I'm gonna wear H&M, I'm wear Uniqlo. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna just wear the, 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 the stuff that looks fresh that I don't have to break my pockets over, you know what I'm saying? Like, like what do you, what t-shirt are you wearing right now? Uh, I think it might be Zara. See, you're wearing Zara. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you don't have styles. Like, are you going to go just buy a $3 t-shirt because you feel like it? You probably like, nah, like, mm. I'm cool on that. But, like, now, so if you're wearing Zara, which is fast fashion, H&M, uh, Uniqlo, like, this this tops Uniqlo, my pants are North Face. Mm -hmm. um, you start seeing yourself, if you start a brand, like, what's going to make your brand uh, better? Stand out. Or stand out for everyone else. You can have a, you can have, a moment like like uh you can wear like don c stuff if you want you mm -hmm. can wear infinite archives you can wear like um places and faces hoodies you can wear merch you can wear ovo merch is just as cool as wearing chavis scott's merch yeah you mean kendrick lamar merch but like 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 but you're not like I'm gonna buy a new Rockerwear hoodie, <laughs> but Rockerwear's still around. Yeah, it's still around, but no one's like, "Yo, check my Rockerwear varsity." Where you know where do these brands like Fubu is technically still selling in some in some well, yeah Echo areas Echo and, yeah Echo. for sure yeah. Where do these brands like go that they're well, still selling? Well, huh? Well, they're, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. They're, well, they're in the malls. Mm -hmm. They're in the malls. They're selling Middle to America malls. Middle America malls. Like Echo still has stores in like. Uh, Care for Agrion in Montreal here. Shit. You mean? And they're selling to like everyday. They're they're selling the brand like it's Abercrombie, bro. Like they're mm. selling it like like it's just everyday wear. It's not trending. It's just like oh, I need a hoodie. Oh, it's on sale. Fifty nine bucks. Okay, cool. I remember this brand. Rhino on it. Okay, cool. I get it. It's like the Gap. It's like just everyday wear. You're not you're not like feeling like you're in the moment. Mm -hmm. It's not like when Fred Durst put on the red Echo hoodie and the red Yankees cap you're like that's a moment yeah, all the yeah. white kids were like I need to have that I mean when Jay-Z was wearing the Rockerwear uh, varsity jacket like, I need to have that you know what I mean or LRG with Just Blaze and Kanye I need to have that like like those moments are long past now it's like like today I was watching Kevin Hart he's wearing a Dior sweater mm -hmm. like that never Dior's been around for a million years mm -hmm. I don't remember a point in time where you can have Dior or Kosher sweater and it'd be a thing. Everyone be like, you spend a thousand bucks on a sweater? Are you nuts? <laughs> like, like it wasn't a thing in everyday fashion world. Mm -hmm. But now you're like, oh man, I gotta get that Dior's cost sweater. You mean? It's 550, 650, a thousand bucks. Now it's like, oh man, I gotta get that Gucci Dapper Dan. You it's mean? like it's the first time where Joe Blow, regular Joe Blow, can has access to these things. Yeah, I don't think that's ever happened before. It's never, and it, and no one had like it was only reserved for the rich. Yeah, but like Louis Vuitton hiring Virgil has made it closer to us, and now people want Louis Vuitton more than ever. Mm. But this is like it's so expensive. But it's like girls are gonna go out right now, like average girls, and spend three grand on a purse. Yep, and be like, I have a Louis purse. Or find a guy that you will mean? spend it. Or find a guy that will spend the money. And like yeah. this is like the this is like where we are right now so it's hard and a brand that, that's not expensive but maintains that luxury feel is supreme mm -hmm. like supreme if you wear supreme you feel like yo i'm i'm in trend i'm wearing something that's exclusive and it's cool but like there's all these brands like chinatown market and like 
like ace like flown but I, I see it the other way around too like if you look at for example fendi and they have the feeler print all of a sudden it looks like they have, i'm it's like they it's like the high fashion is coming back to the streets to get yes, their juice because, no but the, but here's the thing high fashion always took their cues from the streets mm-hmm. but now because social media it's so blatant now okay. but like now like yeah like like today my homie nigel sylvester he's in milan at the fendi fashion show mm-hmm. and he's wearing fendi head to toe like he's a bmxer <laughs> like he write, he writes bmx's he's a professional pro bmxer yeah. back in the day a nigel sylvester didn't have to wear fendi mm-hmm. he would wear ripped jeans nike sbs and a white tee on his bmx but now they're like yo come to our show you're part of us now. And he's now, he, now he's wearing Fendi jackets, Fendi hats. So now if you're a little BMX kid from the hood, you're like, damn, <laughs> you gotta like, I, gotta, I, I need Fendi now. I need to spend two G's on a jacket. I just wear Vans. I just can't wear Vans anymore. <laughs> so it's getting crazy. Like another homie is this guy named Salehi. He designs for Versace and he's doing the Versace sneakers. He used to design for Kanye and I was working for Versace mm-hmm. as a, the lead footwear designer. And he's making all these shoes with two chains and like everyone's wearing Versace sneakers. Yeah. Like... Everyone's wearing Bichemi sneakers that are a thousand dollars a pop. Everyone's wearing uh, Balenciagas. Yeah, Everyone's wearing Gucci sneakers. So your vans like almost don't cut it anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean if you're not wearing designer sneakers, you're not saying anything. Like back in the day, my designer sneaker was a bathing ape sneaker, mm. and I paid a uh, hundred and twenty-five pounds, which was the equivalent of like at the time I think it was like four hundred dollars. That was expensive. That yeah. was like, oh damn, you got four dollars sneakers on. That's it's a pair yeah. of Jordans now, and now it's regular. You <laughs> mean having a pair of three dollars sneakers on is regular? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you're not saying much. It's like okay, yeah. wearing Yeezys that you paid two hundred bucks for, they're worth twelve hundred. Might as well have paid twelve hundred bucks because that's what's like. It, it just shifted so much that I think it's so hard to have a long-lasting brand unless you're doing capsules. Even Fear of God is mad expensive as a brand. So who's winning right now in the streetwear space? Kith is winning. Um, they're doing a bunch of collaborations. Yeah, but they have their own brand. They do a lot of collaborations. You know, Fear of God, Off-White, like... Fear of God is way pricier than Black Scale, and there's celebrity attached to it. Mm-hmm. You know I mean Mega's a great designer? He worked with some of the best designers, did a lot of great things, but it's hard to sustain. You know I mean Rob Garcia had a brand called uh, Art Noir. Um, Rob, his name is um, I don't know if it's Garcia, but Rob Garcia, I think it's M. Garcia, had a brand called Art Noir, which was like a, a fashion brand. Like it's hard to sustain. And mm-hmm. one time he had hype, and everyone was around it, everyone's wearing it. Like the, he he started the the leather jogging pants okay on noir and that was like a thing remember yeah, yeah, when yeah, everyone remember. leather jogging pants noir, yeah, yeah. you mean everyone's leather jogging pants like i gotta have leather jogging pants and um you know it's hard to it's hard to and, and i think the nba all-star killed that for him maybe it did <laughs> but like it's hard to maintain and when you see ball players wearing gucci sweaters and balenciaga and prada and all this you, you're just like yo i can't compete you mean <laughs> Raph Simmons, like yeah. ASAP rapper Raph Simmons, like it's just like it's hard to if you're just a regular guy, it's hard to compete with all of these brands. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Eve selling Rod, like guys, like re- like regular guys are buying into these expensive brands, and it's hard to say I'm coming with a brand unless you're touching those mm-hmm. like that level. So, 
you said you mentioned a book earlier yeah that's something that's in uh that's in the near future or that's in the future for you yes in the book yes because i know you i've 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 you said before that you want to write a book kind of like um a book on streetwear before did i say that um well, no, I you didn't it. say that today, but you oh, should have. I, yeah. I have, yeah, but no, I wouldn't be a street. Not today. I wouldn't do a streetwear today. Mm-hmm. I might do a documentary, though, on streetwear and okay. this whole blogging game for sure. But um, yeah, I, I'm going to write a book with some of my anecdotes and some of the things that I live by. Um, I try to like educate people on my point of view a bit and give them some insight. And I definitely want to write a book on, um, like I told you before, how like you know surviving off your own name and not being attached to other yeah. people. Like I want to explore those kind of concepts because people don't, necessarily think that way people think it's cool to to ride like other people's names like they think it's cool like 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 um you know look at music you know when drake first came into the game every second song was like yo ymcmb <laughs> little wayne birdman mm-hmm. for life and then as he progresses it's like ovo ovo drake because you realize like if things are shady over there if they're not taking care of you if you don't be associated with people who are doing crazy shit, yeah. you want to distance yourself. You mean? But in the beginning, everyone's always like latching on to whoever has the biggest life raft. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And maybe if, you know, I remember when Mob Deep signed to G Unit, what, <laughs> what, what did they do? They tattooed G Unit on their skin. <laughs> and I think they were signed for four seconds, <laughs> if not three. You mean? Uh, when uh, Vic Mensa signed to Rockefeller, he got the Rockefeller logo on his neck. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have this infatuation with being like, oh, you got a life raft? Okay, I'm going to jump on that real quick. Mm. You mean? And not, there's nothing wrong with being down with people. Give it some time. But build your brand and give it some time yeah. before you start screaming their name because you feel grateful to them. Yeah. You feel grateful. And don't get me wrong. If you sign to my crew, I want you to be grateful to me. I want you to like be like, yo, man, Espa's Greed Team, Marcus Shore, put me on, blah. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. It's cool for the ego. But... Be mindful because what if I go out there and start killing people and now you're attached to me for life? You know what I'm saying? Mm. And why why would you want that? Like, why would you want to be attached to somebody and you don't know what they're really about? And if it's really going to be a situation that you're proud of in the end. So imagine you look at your hand now and you see June attaching your hand now and you're just like, man, if he doesn't call me anymore. That was a mistake. You know what I'm that was a mistake. <laughs> you mean? I'm not saying Vic, Vic Mensa is still managed by Rock Nation, I believe. Yeah. But now you got the Rockefeller tattoo on your neck, bro. Jay-Z doesn't say Rockefeller anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, the guy doesn't even mention Rockefeller. He doesn't even live by that creed anymore. <laughs> you mean? So, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's uh, it's interesting. So, tell, uh, tell the people where they can, you know, chit-chat with you, come see you, do business well, with you. Well, why I tell people, man, you can find me online, um, Marcus Short, everything. Um, I miss those Twitter days, man. Twitter used to be fun. Twitter's so fun, bro. It's not as fun as it used to be. I don't, okay, it's not as fun because it's more PC now, but I'm on Twitter every day, bro. I, I love like, Twitter. I, liked, I love Twitter. I, I love Twitter. I, lo- I like Twitter more than Instagram, like any day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love to, that's like my news, my jokes, everything's on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love Twitter, man. Like, it's just a place to like, you know, the minds are there, man. Like, yeah. On Twitter, I follow... I follow black feminists, mm-hmm. like black feminists, uh, Latin ex feminists, Native American feminists, women who are just like trying to like take back power, mm-hmm. and they have the most interesting concepts. Mm-hmm. Like I follow like political people. I follow Fox News. Everyone from Fox yep. News. Everyone from CNN. I follow people that opinions I don't even like. 
I follow them. I follow Donald Trump because it gives me a real perspective of the world. Insight. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But you can find me everywhere online, everywhere Marcus Choi. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of easy to find, you know. Um, but 2019, no more meetings about meetings and no more <laughs> no more no more wasting meetings man like you know 2019 is about like really getting it getting and it. not not just like like let's talk about getting it like you know I'm, yeah so let's if you build. if you do yeah let's build no if you really want to reach me for some business or some some insight like yeah market for everything appreciate you for having us man thank you for having me bro it was uh, it was cool anytime bro yeah.